Welcome everyone to another episode of the Good Grow Great Podcast. I'm Talia Toha and this is Great Lengths. This is the episode where we dive into a particular person's story and experience and insights and things that they've learned from mistakes that they've done or things that they're proud of and successes that they've had. That way we can really pick up where maybe we can kind of fill in the gaps for our work, our life, our business. It doesn't matter what it is, but just getting some inspiration and insights from other people's stories. And what I love about uh, this particular day's story is Tasia Valenza, who is just this beautiful, beautiful person who is a voiceover artist voiceover coach, TEDx and motivational speaker, and a teacher and a communication coach. She is an Emmy-winning voiceover artist, and she's been doing that for over 35 years, and she's renowned for voicing iconic female characters in video games, animated TV shows like Poison Ivy, and multitudes of actually thousands of various commercials, narrations, and promos. So she's had a prolific time, a prolific career, but more importantly, she's had the opportunity to really build her own voice. And today, which is your lucky day, she's going to be sharing with us exactly how she uses her voice to really change other people's lives and exactly how she uses it to persuade, to encourage, to, to help other people. Um, or even to advocate for your cause and whatever it is that you feel is important to your work. So I think this is a great, great episode to tune into if you feel like you've been struggling to um, convince someone about a particular point in your personal life, or if you've been struggling to sell in your professional career, or to get promotion, or to have a better relationship with people who you live with, your spouse, or whatever else. But either way, she is just a phenomenal person. She has also created a free affirmation app called Haven, and it helps people rewire their brains um, for peace of mind, of course, among other things. So it is absolutely amazing. I'm so grateful that Tasia is here today with us. So get ready, get those notepad and that pencil ready because we are going to be learning from her time working and screen testing with Sean Penn and at the moment when she got her Emmy and what that was like, but more importantly, how she's been able to help change other people's lives using voice, using audio, when you can't use words, when you can't use um, you know, text or whatever else. And what does that look like? What does that look like for a meaningful life and a meaningful, meaningful work that is enriching? to not just other people around you, but also to yourself. So without further ado, be sure to hit that follow, add, collect, subscribe button, and let's get started. All right, Tasia, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm thrilled to be with you, Talia, especially because I feel like you know, we, we already know each I'm other. getting to see each other. Right? <laughs> we've been we've been giving great voice to each other, uh, which is uh, kind of fun that we've actually gotten to do that. And now we get to do both give great face and great voice. Yes, this is amazing. I love seeing people's faces. I love um, connecting with other people, but mostly I love to share their story. And I think you have this amazing and just beautiful body of work, beautiful purpose and particularly with voice and audio, which is something that I think is so um, prevalent right now, right? I want to touch on all of your work as, you know, voiceover artist, voiceover coach and a speaker as well. But before we go into all of that, I wanted to uh, touch on the moment probably that a lot of people would be curious about, the audience who's listening, uh, your Emmy win, right? And um, share a little bit about uh, that story, the moment when perhaps you heard, I don't know, because I know a lot of people when they win an Emmy, sometimes someone tell, tells them about it or they go on stage and then that's announced. What was that? What was that like for you behind the scenes? <laughs> I'm laughing because it's one of the most uh, unusual Emmy stories you probably will ever hear because for uh, uh, so I got my Emmy in the mail. 
Yeah. <laughs> and Emmy showed up at my door. <laughs> and I did not know that it was coming. So that that's that was my story. And that, uh, you know, it's like one day I got an Emmy in the mail. But what had happened was I had uh, donated my voice for two years to this wonderful organization, the Wildlife Animal Sanctuary, for their public uh, awareness campaign, their PSA campaign. Uh, they they are based in Colorado and they save wild animals, especially endangered ones that are pets, you know, like many tigers, like Lion King tigers all ended up going there. And I just loved what what they were representing. And so I said, you know, let me give great voice, gift great voice. Uh, and they have um, what's called the, um, uh, uh, it's it's kind of Emmy, oh gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm just forgetting the exact Emmy, but, but they, have, they have a group where they can do that in terms of the, um, that, that particular PSA, those, and they won. And it was, uh, I know I won, but they, they sent it to me, but yes, it was incredible. They sent it to me, but they forgot to write and tell me it was coming. And so uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, they, they were so, they were, you know, they, the producer was often another, he was often sh- uh, somewhere in the world and he was filming. And then the other uh, company, they, uh, they said, you know, something's in the mail for you, but they didn't say what it was. And so I, I opened up this box and I was like, is that my name? Is there an Emmy? Is that? <laughs> And I, I, I called them up. I was like, "Did you forget to to tell me something?" And they said, "Yeah, they, we're we're just thrilled for oh, you." So before the box, you didn't even hear. But there's no, no, no. no. My, my business manager got it, and she said, "Oh, the wildlife animal sanctuary sent you something." I said, "Oh, it must be some kind of thank you for you know the the the, the campaign and just being." I knew that they had the Emmys, but I had not known that they had submitted me because the mm. year before that I had submitted with them and I didn't win. And, and this next year, I was like, "Yeah." I won't even worry about it. And so they submitted for me yeah. and the campaign won and I won. So it was one of those great stories where I literally got it in the mail, but you know, it was a little anticlimactic because I was like, shouldn't, shouldn't I have, <laughs> shouldn't, I be, shouldn't I be celebrating this? And like, I, I could have bought my gown. Uh, yeah. It was, it was, sort of, I could show it to you. I have like, a, I keep it here with sure. me. Why not? Cause it, Cause there's still like something like when I looked at it, I was like, Oh there my God, is. you know, the, the, the box was so heavy. I was like, this is like some very heavy swag. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked at it. Oh, it's the Heartland Emmys, which is allows them to, uh, mm. to do it. You know, they have the, the, uh, the ones for the, the national ones. And this is the Heartland Emmy. So it was really, it was very, very exciting and very, um, moving, but at the same time, very strange. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, did you celebrate afterwards? Did you kind of like- Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We did. We, afterwards, we were like, we had a little Emmy party, my, my friends and family, and uh, and, and uh, it was very wonderful. But it was definitely a, a novel way to find out. In a way, it was great because the year before, I had had so much more expectation of like- Am I going to win? Am I going to win? And then I didn't. So the fact that I wasn't even thinking about it was kind of a great thing because it was like, you know, that's the the law of expectation. Like, you know, you get really excited, but then something doesn't happen. So to actually have it as a true gift for giving without any expectation was kind of like, in a way, even greater because it just shows because when I gave up acting, I call myself a recovering actress and a fully functioning voiceover artist, which is one of my, because <laughs> I started out as an actress and then I only became a voiceover actress. One of the things I thought I was giving up was an Emmy or an Oscar because I was a really good actress and it was a passion of mine and I loved it. Um, but in the voiceover world, those those words don't come up very often. There's not a lot of categories mm-hmm. for them. So the fact that 25 years later, you know, the angels yeah. and the universe said, don't worry, kid, we got you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take care of you. Right. Yeah, you, yeah. you you did the right thing. And that I donated my voice. It was a really even sweeter. So the whole thing win. was just a gift. Yeah. Did you, because I'm curious, because that was the, the next question that I had for you is whether you had these past lives, because if, I imagine if you started out being an actor and I'm sure you've had many, you know, successes, but so much of that world is revolved around being rejected, right? And, yeah. and so much of that revolves around disappointments. Yes. Was was there a point when, you know, maybe in your acting days or maybe, you know, even before, right before the that Emmy won, perhaps, where you kind of, you felt like you were going to turn the switch off? I think a lot of people, it doesn't matter their calling and their 
work and their job, whatever it is, there's always these moments when they're like, you know what, this is hard, right? Was there those kind of moments before pre-Emmy, let's just say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I started out as a, an actress at 15 professionally. Wow. So I was really, yeah, I was discovered by, um, that was another cool story where I was in New York City. I was born and raised and my parents had been actors, but weren't really doing it anymore. And, but I would go to open calls. I would go to uh, auditions with my mom sometimes and we would do background work and movies and, you know, and I, I did every school and camp play. I knew I wanted to do those. And so I, uh, I was lead in them. So I was kind of, this is what I'm meant to do. Um, and um, I, I got my first movie, like literally uh, auditioning in an open call and getting flown out to Los Angeles from New York and screen testing with Sean Penn and, and, uh, and then getting the job and like not going back to high school for six weeks. And then, so that was like oh, a wow. really, yeah. So I filmed in Los Angeles and San Francisco and then came back to high school. And then six months later, I was on a soap opera, All My Children. Mm. which I was on there for three years. And that was one of the number one soaps at the time. Yeah. Um, some people were like, what, what, what is that? But that was a soap that was on for, for 40 years. And in, in the U S by the way, anyone who's listening and, and don't know, it's, it's very, very popular. Yeah. Yes, but it was, it was a hugely popular. So to be on there at 16 years old was pretty heady. Uh, and I was even nominated for an Emmy for that. So that was my first nomination when I was 18 because yeah. I cried really well. <laughs> and I cried really well because I was really insecure and I was really having a hard time. That's, that's the bottom line is that deep down, as I, I had all this success. It looked amazing, uh, but I was a child of divorce and had a very low self-esteem. And that was great for acting in terms of tapping into the drama of it, but really, really hard for self-love and self-acceptance. And as an actress, even when I was on, you know, screen, I was never thin enough, never pretty enough, never tall enough, uh, constantly being told I needed to lose weight. And uh, it was, and, you know, that really fed into my deep overall sense of unworthiness. So even though I was having all the success on the outside, I was really kind of imploding on the inside and ultimately lost my job because of that. Because as a soap opera, you can, you, you're tied up for two years, but they can fire you or let you go because of a storyline every 13 weeks, let right. you go. And ultimately that happened to me. And it was incredibly painful, incredibly, mm-hmm. um, it was such a failure because I was on this upward trajectory. And I literally went out to Los Angeles and had to start waitressing. I had already been working as a child. I was always scooping ice cream and waitressing, you know, New York life uh, early on. But then I had to go back to it. I didn't save my money. It was a really kind of like that first of comeuppance of, okay, this is life. Um, and I kind of had to keep going on that trajectory of, of finding my way. I did therapy. I did self-development. I was doing OA for a while. I really went into that rather young. And I, I credit my father for that because he he had said, you need some therapy. And this is the 80s. So it was way before it was, wow. you know, this was, oh yeah. Before and it was he, a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. It yeah. was kind of like a hush hush thing. Um, but I, uh, as an actor, you're a behaviorist. You're always studying behavior anyway. So as to know oneself is the most important thing that you can do in order to understand what makes you tick so that you can understand other mm. people, what makes them tick to have that empathy. So yes. it was really helpful for me. And, but failure after failure, pain after pain, uh, way through my twenties. And then I found voiceover and that was kind of like a voiceover saved me. Your salvation. Yeah. That's so, that's so interesting. I felt that because I wonder if when you're, when you're placed in a kind of an environment where, you know, you've not quite developed to, to have that kind of that self-security, right. And you were so young at that age and, you know, kind of um, screen testing with Sean Penn. I think I'm kind of curious to hear even just then and now, you know, with your perspective now on all of the things that happened there and using your voice, because I imagine that when people are placed in situations like that, whether that's high pressured or it doesn't matter how much you've prepared sometimes, you get kind of um, maybe you choked or something and you get kind of nervous or you get whatever in this case, perhaps starstruck because of it's, it's Sean and all these amazing people that you've admired. 
Um, are there things that people can do or that you remember doing even as a young child that, um, that, that kind of helped, right? Kind of helped normalize that, that, uh, that nerve, the nerves. Well, I definitely, um, believe now much more, I have a lot more tools in my toolbox than I did then. Then it was a lot of, um, negative self-talk, which, you know, uh, was not supportive. Uh, now I'm really a mindset voice set coach and that I know it's all about how we speak to ourselves. Um, and so for, then I think I just pushed through and, and I, but I was also very, um, self damaging, self deprecating and, um, you know, not doing it in the way that I would, I coach my clients, and nor do I coach myself. So I'd rather share the, the, the positive tools that I use, which is, you know, breathing, just one simple tool alone that most people don't even realize how powerful our breath is when we use it correctly. And for me, that's diaphragmatic breathing. And diaphragmatic breathing is the act of that belly breath that we come in actually knowing as babies, babies diaphragmatically breathe. And and to diaphragmatically breathe means when you breathe in, your diaphragm, your belly expands. And when you breathe out, it actually deflates. Most of us do the opposite. We breathe in, our lungs go up in our chest cavity. When we breathe out, our belly expands, but we're always actually in more of a state of shallow breathing that way. Mm. That when we are nervous, that is exacerbated. And when we start having that anxiety, it is exacerbated and we tap into our sympathetic nervous system. And that is our fight or flight response. That's the one that starts everything. And then we're starting to take it. Our voice goes higher. We're just saying things that we don't like to say. We don't sound powerful at all. And so the act of taking three deep, beautiful diaphragmatic breaths, which you can learn just by watching any video now, and you know, just put in diaphragmatic breathing. Um, even I, I have one on my uh, Instagram uh, site. Uh, can literally hack back into our parasympathetic nervous system. Mm. That is the rest and digest. And when we feel more powerful and more grounded in our biology, literally is telling our brains that we are in a good state. We have the power to speak up for ourselves, to speak and project through that screen and also uh, calm ourselves and our minds so that we can tell ourselves kind and affirming things that I am speaking today with power, conviction. I speak confidently. I'm going to have a great meeting. I'm signing the deal. All the things that we can tell ourselves that will, or I'm giving a great performance, or I deserve to be here, or my voice matters, all those things. And I, and I like to take it out of the head and actually voice it out loud uh, because I've you know, I think our, our thoughts are too fast and furious and most of them are, they're weighted in the negative that we can override that with our own voice. So I say, breathe and then affirm, but out loud, speak nicely, kindly to yourself. And that will help you to program for success. Mm, I love this. Cause I mean, the thing is, I do have to mention, like, I don't think we've ever been taught in the when we're growing up, how to do this? I don't think it's ever been mentioned, right? I mean, I know I grew up halfway around the world in Indonesia, which is a whole other thing. But even now, in the here in the U.S. and in many parts of the world, I don't think this is even even in intercollegiate and um, yeah, way into graduate. I don't think this is even a conversation. I mean, people talk about communications. Right, people talk about the word. outward communications, but very little about mindset, and very little bit about you know emotional intelligence and mm-hmm. empathy and self programming. All the things that mm-hmm. uh, really will take us through. I mean, I, 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 I don't have a college degree, but I've had an incredibly sex, successful life. Now, do I? Are my kids going to college? Absolutely. It, did my life go in a differently? But I do believe my ability to communicate, to give great voice, to have emotional intelligence, to work on myself, those skill sets continuously has been the reason why I have an incredibly successful life and would wish that for all students <laughs> way early to learn that, that, that ability to communicate create empathy, have that, that confidence when they speak, those skill sets 
are just as important, if not more important than, you know, the math and the history and the facts, because those, those will not necessarily get you through those interviews. <laughs> You'll have learned a ton of facts, yeah. but that won't get you through those emotionally intelligent times where communication and the ability to relate and, and to connect is essential over those facts. I mean, facts are great, but, but the, that those life skills should be taught to us early and often and continue Yeah. And also even just those kind of, um, you know, connective tissue moments, right? When you, even when you're not interacting with anyone and you're dealing with certain hardships, something comes up and you're not really, everything is in your head. And I, I find it interesting that it seems anyway, to me, people who are able to express things in a way that um, that is is meaningful to them in a way that aligns with them, it tends to they tend to have a much more kind of a, a steadier you know head on the shoulders type of thing, which I I love because again never I've never been taught this right and I've never learned this so I, I had to learn it by fire and it wasn't fun because you learn it usually in the most inopportune times. When you're kind of, when things are happening and it's actually, if everything is live, you're actually speaking in public or you're actually trying to get something done, it's a deadline. And then you're like, okay, what do I do, right? That's usually kind of the case. And I'm kind of curious, looking back to perhaps your time, you know, back when you're perhaps just starting out as a voiceover artist and, um, or maybe even well into your, your work as voice, voiceover coach, was there, um, were there moments when you're kind of going, um, okay, I used to think of things um, or my work in this way. And now, you know, now I see that it's not about that. I know that for me, you know, a lot of my work revolves around, okay, f- working with the right people, finding the right things to work on and not necessarily doing everything, but, you know, it was kind of like a, a very nuanced, but very kind of eureka moment when you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I've been doing it that way. And that is really the reason why it's not working. Right. And now this is it. Was there any of that kind of in in the world of voiceover and using your voice that kind of that kind of, you know, turn on the light bulb for you? That's a great question. Uh, so, you know, give giving great voice or to give great voice, uh, just to give the definition of it, and which is my passion and my platform, uh, is to be able to move, touch, and impact with our voices. So that's that the essence, you know, like what is is it to give great voice? Less than a sentence. And so I, I call it teaching the art of confident, compassionate, captivating communication Utilizing the skills of an actor and a voiceover actor in your own life so you can play your professional and personal roles more successfully with more meaning. So that, that's what the umbrella of give great voice means, because it's a gift when we do it well to the person who's giving it, the speaker, right? Because we feel like, oh my gosh, we're communicating, we're landing our message. There, It's a gift to the receiver because they're feeling good or the emotions that we want to elicit. They're feeling calm, they're feeling motivated, they're feeling inspired. And then it's a gift to all those who witness it because we're vibrational beings. So this awareness of this evolution came from first acting and using my body and my intention and my voice. And then once I started becoming a voice actor only, all of the skills that I applied with acting had to be even more centric to this voice. So I learned ultimately by doing it over and playing literally thousands of roles. As, a, as an actor, you know, you may be over a span of 35 years, you may be playing hundreds of roles. But as a voiceover artist, I played thousands of roles and what what a voiceover artist or actor knows or you know we we learn are the four questions and that's in my give great voice TEDx talk which I kind of it evolved for me which is this who am I in this particular scene of my life because they the voiceover actor knows you know who is poison ivy well, she's an eco-terrorist. She's the mother of all nature. She's the hater of humans. What else is she? Well, she's a seductress. And why? Because her venom lies in her lips. So she's not just drawn sensually 
this is where she needs to get her prey close enough. So that's the who. The next question is, who am I speaking to? Well, let's just say it's one of her enemies, Batman, one of the famous ones, right? So what does she want? That's the number three question. Who am I? Who am I speaking to? What do I want? What emotion do I want to evoke? What do I need to happen in this particular scene? Well, say she needs Batman to come close enough to kiss him and then kill him. So what does she need to do? How does my voice and tone support that intention? Number four. Well, if I said, Batman, hey, can you come over here? He might come. But if I said, hey, Batman, come over here. He's not coming. <laughs> so that's what we understand as I cackle with my laugh, you know, my witch <laughs> my husband says. So the point is, that's what we know. So mm-hmm. Jedi Shakti from the Clone Wars, which I also played. Who is she? She's a Jedi. She's far more powerful and commanding than I'll ever be. She channels the force. So that's the who. She's a Jedi. Who she's speaking to? Her soldiers. What does she need? She needs to inspire them to want to work and sacrifice their lives for the resistance. So how is she going to do that? She's going to be able to motivate them with that warm, powerful, commanding force. You see, so as, a, as an actor, I always understand as a voiceover actor, who am I? Who am I speaking to? What's the relationship? What do I need or want from this particular scene? What do I want this person to feel to, to come with me? What's the success and how does my voice and tone support that? So I recognized that those same skills allowed me to play the role of mother and friend and sister and daughter, and not always successfully, by the way, but when I was conscious of it, yeah, well, and lawyer and doctors and podcasters, we all need it. But once we can start thinking of ourselves as these magnificent, multifaceted beings that we are playing many roles, when we understand those intentions, we can have a much more successful life Mm -hmm. and not just careers. Because many of us feel like we have, you know, great careers, but not a great personal life or a great personal life, but not great careers. But when we give great voice and we're more intentional by understanding how much our tone and intention and not just the words themselves create those relationships, create those outcomes, we can, we can have much more success. And so that's what I have learned. That's what I have lived. And that's what I teach now. And my passion is to teach the world so that the world can have a more beautiful life. We can all, because when we communicate successfully with more compassion, with more empathy, with more understanding, then we can have a great life. And that's a ripple effect. I love this. Well, I love actually that because exactly as you were talking, my mind goes immediately to just kind of the day to day and how, oh yeah, we do kind of speak slightly differently with our kids or slightly differently with, with our, our husband, colleagues, or with our colleagues, yeah. or with a potential client, right? Right, right. right. We're and always doing it whether yes, we realize exactly. it or not. It's just a question of, are we doing it well? Right. <laughs> are we in reaction or are we conscious? I, you know, and I always joke that my husband knows exactly how I feel about him as soon as I say his name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you relate, right? Yeah. Yeah, Honey, yeah. everything's good. You know, he doesn't have to like, he does an awareness. Honey or Harvey, boom, train has left the station. And it doesn't really matter what I say after that. The tone has been set. And yeah. more often, people react to our tone than the words. Yeah, this is, well, I love what I, what it reminded me of is really how, you know, I think a lot of people, they, the resistance is, of course, and I've heard this before, right? And I'm sure you have as well, where people say the resistance as well. Well, I just want to be myself. And I think that's, you can definitely do that in the context of highlighting certain parts of yourself in different way in different situations, which you just beautifully did, you know, describe with your illustrations of, um, you know, these characters that you bring to life. And I think my mind goes immediately to, okay, how do we want to bring conversations to life and in a way that is uh, aligning with us and parts of us, maybe even different parts of us. Cause I mean, I have, I'm many things like I'm an introvert. I'm a mom. I'm, you know, obviously right. an entrepreneur. I'm doing all these different things. I can be really silly. Sometimes I can be serious. 
So I love that you are giving uh, people freedom to access different point, different parts of them at different times, which I think is beautiful because I, I feel like that's where a lot of people get stuck is they're like, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sell because it doesn't feel right for me, but you know, you don't have to sell. Like you were saying, this is, we're giving, you know, right. we're giving to other people and the voice is the gift and it's a gift to us as well to be able to do this which I think is really, really fascinating. I do want to circle back one second to um, the point that you were just uh, saying about just kind of, you know, the, the words and the intonations that accompany it. And I'm kind of curious how, and this probably is more in line with the, you know, the play on words and what that looks like, but in the world where it's very digital right now, right? Everyone does emails, everyone texts. And I find that a lot of my messages, and even, this is even in the personal context too, often get misunderstood, right? Because I'm sending it real quickly That's and I'm right. pushing it out. That's like, right. okay, we'll talk later. And then people go, oh, you know, like, oh, she's upset or something. And I'm like, no, I'm not upset. I just, I'm just in a rush, you right. know? Right, and, but you're not able to contextualize it unless you put 5,000 emojis of like, help, heart, 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 right? Because that's the thing is our voice contextualizes, but left to our digits, it's much harder. It gets lost in translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of curious because um, can you maybe perhaps, and I know this is probably a little bit uh, interesting, but uh, can is there categorization of, you know, you were just describing how, you know, this one word, the name, your husband's name, perhaps that you kind of call out, but different intonation. Um, Is it just volume or is it kind of many different categories? Yeah, there's sure. Well, again, uh, I, I always bring with, uh, when I'm working with my clients to, to, I I help them break their themselves down into this marvelous, magnificent me map. And then we talk about the different roles that we've all played, you know, baker, sister, husband, lawyer, doctor, podcaster, athlete, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, cyclist. I mean, these are all kind of roles, uh, again, that we don't even identify, but, you know, DJ, multifaceted, you know, um, yeah. you know, like a, a pole dancer. I mean, you know, <laughs> we're yeah. all multifaceted, right? And so depending again on the, on what we're trying to do, uh, the, the aspirational qualities we want to bring to those roles, we can start thinking of the adjectives. So, so as a speaker, I want to be, you know, uh, motivating and inspiring. So again, I'll, I'll just say like this, I can, I'm going to, to, to share the adjectives and my voice is going to support what they sound like just by saying them. So think about in your role, what do you want to bring? So once you think about it, as an entrepreneur, what do you want to do? The qualities of an entrepreneur are, are passionate. Um, they're, it's uh, trustworthy. It's confident. It's professional. These are all qualities that my voice can, can empower, uh, you know, can channel through, right? So do we want to motivate and inspire? Do we want to calm and comfort? Do we want to be warm and inviting or playful and silly? In other words, again, I can take the same line and I'd show it in my, in my TEDx talk, uh, the Acme line, you know, the Acme company. Okay. At Acme company, we, we, uh, you deserve more because you give more. That's one line, right? It's a sentence at Acme company. You deserve more because you give more. And so I can say that by intoning three different intentions behind it, warm and inviting at Acme company, you deserve more because you give more. And I'm really literally smiling. And the more I smile, the warmer the tone. Now I can say, you know what? I'm going to make it more authoritative. I'm a lawyer speaking to, uh, you know, my, my client and letting them know that I know what I'm talking about. Say the same line at Acme company, you deserve more because you give more, a little bit more gravitas, right? Now I'm I'm talking to a neighbor. It's very casual. It's easygoing. I'm kind of throwing it away. At Acme Company, you deserve more because you give more. Same line. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I love you can mean I love you. And it can mean take out the garbage. And it can mean I hate you, right? So it's, again, the words... (laughs) 
so often it's like, what's under the words? What's our intention? And so the thing is, is that, you know, yes, pitch and pace, you know, the more pitchy, the more excited, uh, the pace, you know, the more you're exciting people. You want to motivate people. It's like, Hey, everybody, let's get up and go. You want to calm people. You want to lower the tension. You slow it down. You make some air come through it. You want to create a sense of gravitas and weight. You literally weight it out, you know, and you bring it down. It's a, it, our voices, I liken it, are beautiful instruments. And we can tune them with tone and intention. So those are always the questions. Again, what do we want to do? You, certainly, if I came to you as an interviewee, you know, what do I want to do? Well, okay, I'm an interviewee. Who am I? I'm a speaker and I'm a coach. Uh, I'm speaking to, to Talia. Uh, I want to, what do I want? I want to be a great interviewee. I want to motivate and inspire her and engage her. So if I said to you, Talia, I'm really excited to be here today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> this has been a great interview. Thank Something's you so off, much. Yeah. <laughs> Something's off, right? It's incongruent. I love it. So, so many of us just rely on the words, like right? we're speakers and we're up on stage and we're talking and we're walking around and we're saying, you know, the, the stats here are today and we're really excited about them and we're, we really want, but if we're like, if they, if we're not feeling it, there's mirror neurons, right? So passion is one of the number one things as a speaker you can bring. But if you don't know how to channel that passion, because it's, you know, you're maybe not connected as much to your own emotions, because again, you know, many of us, we don't harness those skills as a young person or, or not, not engage those as, you know, uh, um, as an actor gets to be like fully, maybe too much we're in our emotions, but we certainly can tap in and have access to them at the drop of a hat. So I'm very much aligned. Like I can read something emotionally, like my emotions are always going. Like I can cry, you know, as soon as I see something that moves me because I'm very sensitive to it because I've been learning that skill. People that aren't, because, of, you know, if you put me in front of like a rocket scientist or, at, you know, my kid's calculus, I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> Those are skill sets I don't have. So that's normal that maybe we don't have as much access to it. And that's what I love teaching and, and coaching my clients and, and my, my workshops and the world, because I feel like that's my gift to help people to access their ability to have those emotions and to be aware of how to intentionalize and land their messages in the way they intend to get the job, to get the investment, to move an audience, to be the leader, to be the wife, to be the mother, to be the father and the son that they want to be. And that will create the relationships that feel good and lead people to success. These are great. I mean, I love, um, you know, especially your illustrations of just the different ways you can take one sentence. And uh, obviously this is, this relates to a lot of, you know, kind of in English, I think it tends to, I noticed that some sentences can be very monotonous and I, I say this because I came from a very, you know, non-native speaker background. I, English wasn't my first language. And when I first learned it, I noticed that a lot of the sentences can be very, very, very flat almost. And not that it's not actually, it is, it's actually flat and it's not intended that way, but just because of the way that the words slur together and they just kind of continue, which is very different than other languages. And so just you being able to take uh, one sentence into multiple different areas to With melody access. and pitch yes. and pace and intention. But see, I, 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 I come from the acting background that it's not just the, um, the technical part, speed it up, slow it down. It's recognizing the intention behind it. So it really makes, that's the, that's the, that's the, the nucleus. And then from there, you can think about, you know, mimicking your favorite voiceover hero or your favorite actor until like, if you don't know what seduction sounds like, practice it, yeah. you know, imitate somebody and then start aligning it with yourself. It, it, it becomes more, what does it mean? Like take one sentence and, and add a really warm smile to it. So it's like, you know, at McDonald's, we're here for you. At McDonald's, we're here for you. At McDonald's, play. You're the voiceover actor. I teach people that you are now the voiceover actor in your own life. So now you get to play. You get to tune that instrument and see what your voice can do to support 
your your TEDx, to, to support your podcast, to support, start thinking about it that way. And you'll have a much more, um, and practice it. Like, you know, there was a study done by Vanessa Edwards, who's as the science of people. And they studied the likability of somebody. And they used one word, hello. And they said it four different ways. Hello with a smile. Hello. Hello, kind of sad. Hello. Hello with contempt. Hello. And hello with a power pose, which I, I'm a big believer. Hello. And they, yeah. no visuals. And they said, you know, they did the study. Who was more likable? Who would you want to get to know? 70% was just the word hello. And with a warm smile or hello. And, and so not only when you smile, do you actually raise your own serotonin and dopamine? Cause you're actually your brain. You could, you could hold a pen in your mouth for two minutes and your brain starts thinking you're happy. Yeah. So we think that our minds are the ones that control our emotions, but we can literally hack our emotions by understanding how to, right. so, you know, ha, 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 you know, even the laugh can actually tell our brains <laughs> that we're, that we're having a good time. You know, that's the thing is like, we can, we can fake it till we make it, meaning we can help ourselves by being more intentional. So just the simple word. So I always tell my clients, have you checked your voicemail, your outgoing voicemail? Because maybe you don't realize that six years ago you made that and other people are listening to it when they actually do call because people will call sometimes and actually listen. And if it's not representing the role that you'd like, mm-hmm. and maybe you get to go back into your first voiceover job and, and, and re-voice re, uh, that message intentionally, like, hello, my name is Tasha, or, or hello, it's Tasha. please leave a message and I'll call you back or, you know, uh, as opposed to, hey, it's Tasia, call, leave me a message, I'll call you back. I mean, but that's it. A lot of people have that. Or mm-hmm. you've reached 323-596-8641. Please leave a message. Like, oh my God, that's not even you. Yeah. You have a chance to get 70% of people saying, oh, I want to get to know that person a little bit more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or turning them off by like, yeah. or neutral. Yeah. So why not, why not go for that extra added intentional communication? Right. Yeah, yeah. I love that's so hilarious. That's true. A lot of people, their outgoing messages, it is very kind of, hey, this is blah blah blah. Leave a message. <laughs> that's true. Which, which of course, we don't think about it, but, but, but now that the studies can show that, hey, why not represent the? And these are all the authentic parts of us. Mm-hmm. It's not the idea. I'm not um, telling people like to start being, you know, the the fake actor in your life. But at the same time. Certainly, if we, we we respond to people we like, and the, the, a warm, trustworthy is one of the best uh, tones that you can present. Yeah. And adding a little musicality to it, you know, so it's not all monotone. And we're saying things like, you know, hi, leave a message, and I'll call you back. You know, it's just it's just yeah. an awareness that we, you know, especially for those who play instruments, these are things that, are, or if you're a singer, these things come, come much more naturally. But if it's not something you are. Now you can, you can, <laughs> I'm yeah. giving you the tools to the kingdom. You can watch my TEDx uh, that I also share those. So, uh, so these are something to start with. And then of course, you know, I love working with people individually to help them dive deep, but these are things that people can start today to think about. I am the voiceover actor in my own life. I'm going to think of who I'm playing right now, who I'm speaking to. What do I want? What's the success of this scene? And how does my voice and tone support that intention? Yeah, and it's it's just such a great way I feel to also have fun with it. Oh, right? like, it's and just playful. kind of have a good time and just kind of step into shoes that you're kind of like, you know what, I haven't felt, you know, kind of myself in a while and just kind of bring it back and just kind of I love that. Um, but I'm kind of curious because you know, when you touched on your voiceover work. Uh, do you sometimes, because I know that some, it depends on the project and in some cases you record yourself, but in other cases, perhaps you have someone else in the oh. same recording rooms, yes. recording studio. And um, do you play and feed off? How do you, how does that, because I know when people are talking just communication and advocating their message, right? Sharing something that they believe in and trying to kind of, um, you know, persuade in a purposeful way. Sometimes that gets challenging for a lot of people. What's your take on, you know, playing off of other people, resonating with them, mirroring, or, or maybe leading the conversation a certain way? What are some thoughts there on, on from you? Well, definitely uh, good listening. To give great listening 
in order to give great voice. That is something for sure, because uh, when, when we listen attentively, we can hear what's the tone, what are the words and the tone matching. So that's the first start, right? Is that uh, we want to lead, but at the same time, uh, and I think humor and warmth and is always, I'm very, I try to be very engaging, slightly self-deprecating uh, and, and always create humor and rapport. So that's one of the things I like. I, I, I'll ask an interesting question or I'll, you know, I'll just share something novel about my day. So that's one thing I do try to create um, a connection rather quickly. And I'm a very gregarious. It's a very easy thing for me to do. Uh, so it's not uh, something that might be as easy for other people, but definitely listening uh, in terms of, uh, you know, even where the other person's coming from right away. Like, you know, does that person sound like they're having a good day? Do they sound warm? Do they sound, are they a little cold? Or are they a little distant? Uh, and then, you know, engaging, you know, and, and again, like, how's your day going? Or uh, literally like, you know, I was just out in the park and it's so beautiful. What, where are you coming in from? You know, so yes, in voiceovers, it's very collaborative. And I always ask my clients, I can do jobs where I direct myself, but I always ask my clients, I'd like to do this with you because I want to serve you the piece. It's always, how am I serving you? So maybe if we think about you know, in our other roles, how are we serving the success of this particular scene? It's that same idea of like thinking, how am I helping this collaboration? And is it by, you know, listening? Is it by engaging with a trustworthy, yet confident sound? Is it by being a little bit more authoritative because that person needs to know that I know what I'm talking about? Is it that, you know, you need to diffuse because the tension's building, so you need to calm situation down with a little bit more of an easy going? Is it to motivate and excite because everyone's kind of like zoomed out and we need a little bit like a, Ooh, let's have some fun. Come on, let's stretch. Let's do a little power pose and go, go, go. I mean, I think all of us have definitely become a little bit more, uh, compassionate and easier. We're not as formal as we used to be because we all have gone through a traumatically difficult time. Yeah. So I think we're all wanting to engage. We're all wanting to connect. We're all wanting to be understood a lot more. And so I think there's a much, much higher grade of willingness to be vulnerable. And I'm, I, I try to be vulnerable first a little bit, kind of like open myself up. And people seem to, again, much come much more forward. With all my students, I have to open them up in order to get the best performances out of them. So I, I reveal myself and then they're much, they feel much safer. That's where the Give Great Voice Room and Club and Clubhouse, I invite everyone to bring a song or a quote or an inspiration so that we can give great voice together. And so by creating that space, a safe space, people will reveal their true vulnerability and that is the most beautiful parts of them. So that is what I try to do in life. Uh, and definitely even in my work where I create uh, a good feeling by the end of every session that the client feels that there is a warm connection made as much as a professional connection. A warm professional connection is just gold because you touch hearts as well as minds. And that's as a speaker, the same again, when you take the words off your page and you breathe and you speak life into them, you can you can move with emotion and not just keep it in that, you know, that linear mind of ours sometimes. I, love I, don't hope, I hope that answers it. It's a lot yeah. of information. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think, um, you know, because I think what, what interests me is that, you know, a lot of people when they, you were talking about, you know, having that per- professional connection, I think a lot of people think that it has to be this rigid conversation or whatever, which it doesn't have to be completely non-rigid either, but I'm kind of curious, specifically in the context of, you know, certain cases where I know some students of mine, maybe they come to me and they say, you know what, these people don't get it. They don't get that I'm trying to help them. And, you know, they think that I'm doing X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Um, If, if you're in a position, you know, just kind of for the audience who's listening, if you're in a position where perhaps you're misunderstood or they haven't quite, um, you know, meet you eye to eye, you know, in the same frequency, you know, using kind of the audio um, analogy, is there anything that you can use, Not and you being the general you, of course, that you can use, uh, you know, as far as voice is concerned, as far as audio is concerned to kind of 
uh, you know, kind of reframe that or shift their perspectives using your voice. If something is misunderstood or maybe not even misunderstood, maybe they haven't quite get the point that you're trying to make, right? So anything that you, aside from some of the beautiful things that you've already shared. So, so what I just want to see, this is where I get to ask you and understand. So you're saying in terms of if you feel that you're maybe not being understood or someone hasn't received you in the way that you would like. Yes. Uh, let's just say that because a lot of the question that comes up, right. And, and people, dozens of people every year always say, you know what, I, I'm doing all the things I'm, you know, communicating and I, or they think that they're communicating in any way. Um, and Obviously, this is an issue for you and a lot of people who've done this for years, right? But well, we can. People... I'm still human. My, you know, I could, I, I, I mess up. I, I teach what we need to learn. Like, like my, like the most important people in my life. Uh, you know, I joke. I was saying that my, my kids are like that's not really giving great voice, is it, mom? You know, <laughs> they called you out, Jason. right? They, they called you me out. out because now you know it's like that. Here I am. I'm presenting. I'm presenting, and it's like I, I'm, I'm, you know, have that contempt in my voice with them to pick up their socks. You know, they, they don't respond well. You know, yeah. it's like I, I just a little felt like, hey, kids, can you pick up your socks? You know, when you have a chance, I, as opposed to, can you pick up your socks for the 800th? Right. I mean, you know, oh, we yeah. all have time, right? Because we're all, again, uh, we can, we can, we can re, we can recalibrate by, by, by saying, it, 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 you know, you can, it, questions, being curious can be very helpful. Sometimes I'm just saying, is what I'm saying in the way I'm saying making sense to you? And if not, uh, you know, how can I, how can I convey this better? Literally, sometimes being honest and in terms of just clarification. So for clarification, what I hear you saying is this, this, and this. Is that correct? Most of us would love someone to ask us that question to be understood, Many of us talk and then we are trying to get our point across, especially in our personal lives, but we never, and, and it's like, what, what I hear, you know, it's like, yes, I get you. But as soon as you say that, but yeah, the person feels discounted. Right. So I would say that if, if, if there's misunderstandings asking, so when, so what I hear you say when this is, you know, and this is again, Harvell Hendricks is wonderful. Like, you know, therapist, you know, might like go to for relationships. What I hear you saying is when I do A, B, and C, that makes you feel this way or that you feel, you're thinking that I, but that's, is that what I'm hearing you say? Or is that what you're feeling? Or is that what you're thinking? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, actually what I really wanted to say, or what I meant was this. So thank you for clarifying that because I was thinking this and you're thinking that, you know, sometimes what we say, people, they're receiving it through their lens, right? And our lenses are different colors. So I, you know, my husband will say something to me and I'll react. And he's like, why did you react like that? Because I heard you say, because well, that's not what I was saying. Oh, well, what were you saying? <laughs> Well, in my mind, I was saying this, you know, but, but most of us, once we're like, once that train has left the station, until we start being curious or being willing to ask, you know, I don't feel like you receive, or I see your faces. Like, well, the first time I ever said to my, my husband, when we were dating, you look annoyed. Uh, and he's like, no, 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 I'm fine. I was like, you're, you're saying you're fine, but your face is saying you're annoyed. <laughs> and I said, you know, like, I could, and he said, nobody had ever called him out on that. They just accepted mm-hmm. that I'm fine. You know, like you have that fake smile on. So sometimes it's like, again, that we're behaviorists, reading, hearing the tone, and then being curious enough and being willing enough to say, hey, did, did, did I just annoy you or upset you or did, 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 did something go wrong? Or did I, uh, did I say something that you didn't understand or can I clarify something for you? And then it gives, it opens the door at least for someone to be recognized that whether or not they told you, you read the behavior and you could question it. And then you could go a little deeper into that. And I, I would say those are the times where conversations can really trump digital communication because that's where it can go south really quickly 
because yeah. you're not able to engage that human warmth and trustworthiness and it becomes this back and forth, back and forth. So sometimes giving great, you know, when things are heated, emails can be really helpful to like tone it down. But if there, I can't tell you how many times I'll get on the phone with somebody for clarification and it's so much better than if I tried to text it or email it and there's yeah. so much more, you know, connection yeah. and, well, and, and I think that in, in text, you have to kind of elaborate a lot more and in, in a very specific way to get the same effect as if you kind of leave an audio message, which I know people, a lot of people don't do phones anymore, but you can still leave like audio voice messages, right. In people's DMS or whatever. And I think it has this beautiful effect that you were saying in that, um, you know, recalibrating and almost restarting from not from zero, but just being upfront about, Hey, look, let's, let's take a few steps back real quick. I just want to make sure that I understand you clearly. Um, is this what you mean? And I think that really, like you were saying, that question even is, is going to start to make them feel okay. All right. I think, I think we're on the same page finally, or maybe they don't even know. Sometimes this happens. They don't know exactly what they want or what they really are going, you know, like they, sometimes they're unclear as well. And, and that question helps propel that clarity for, you know, for both people, which I think is beautiful, which is fantastic. So uh, this is, this is amazing. I think one other question that I have is when, and, and again, this is kind of going to the, you know, the, the digital <laughs> touching on the digital world you know, when people, I think when people share something over text, is there something that, you know, without using actual voice, which I, I personally believe is much stronger, um, is there something that you can say in the actual words itself hmm. that without it being so, you know, like writing a book or something that, <laughs> you know, because sometimes people like DM me or text me and it's like, oh my, I'm a, I have no time to read this, but I'm sure like they, a novella. Mean well. they mean so well, I'm sure. But yeah, it's kind of like, you know, it's like going back to all my children is like, I have to sit down for this. Right. Uh, but are there like key words that you, you find yourself using throughout? In next situation? Yeah. In like those kind of situations. You know, once I start finding, um, certainly, uh, you know, I will, I will use emojis for that reason to soften something to, to contextualize, like, you know, if it's a wink or if I'm being, if I'm being tongue in cheek, uh, you know, I think do emojis do actually come into play They They can be very helpful, but, um, you know, if once I'm, I'm at a point where I'm spending more time trying to write the digital version, I will leave a voice message because it's just that if I'm, if I'm so uncomfortable, then I realize, you know, they can hear the warmth in my voice. They can hear, uh, you know, what I, that I'm trying to express something that it, you know, that I'm trying to put the right commas and add the right adjectives. So yeah, I haven't focused enough on those digital, those digital words, because I'm all about voice. So if I, if I'm, if I'm, I feel like I always say text is great for head, meaning facts, you know, and conveying information and voices. Once you're trying to elicit an emotion or make sure that you're understood in translation, you know, context, then uh, it's just so easy now, you know, with DMing, you can leave it. Um, at LinkedIn, whenever I'm making a connection and someone reaches out to me, I always use my voice to say, oh, it's just really nice to meet you. And all of a sudden I've elevated that connection yeah. so much more then. So I'm, I'm huge on voice because it's just as easy nowadays. And, and again, you could most of the time uh, replay it if you don't like it. But, but for texting, I would just say, you know, anything that is uh, kind, any words of warmth that you would say in person of, you yeah. know, that's amazing, or I'm so excited, or thank you. Graciousness and gratitude written or verbally expressed can never go wrong. Yeah. And it, it also makes us feel like, okay, this is, you know, that you're honoring them, which I think is also important, you know, whether they're people that you work with, your client students, I don't, I don't think it matters. Like, I think at any given time, whenever we can do that, always, I completely agree with you. Teja, so much that we talked about, I'm sure we can keep going forever, but believe it or not, we're coming <laughs> to the end of our conversation. So I'd love for you to share with everyone just a little bit more about where they can learn more from you and, and kind of check you out and uh, yeah, and kind of engage with you some more. 
Well, thank you so much, and, and Talia. I love uh, our conversation because you give great voice. You're kind and you're warm and you're compassionate and you're engaging and you're enthusiastic and all the things that are those great adjectives that we want to. So uh, too kind. <laughs> no, I really wanted to express that to you because, uh, you know, I really enjoyed every conversation, but I just want to uh, let you know that, you know, you are an incredible interviewer and that those are the qualities that you need to have engaging, trustworthy, vulnerable, kind, warm, those are all there. So this is a perfect example of why you're so successful doing this. And I just want to honor that. And in terms of um, where people can find me, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Tasia Valenza. My whole platform is Give Great Voice. So you can find me through that, you know, via my website or, uh, uh, you know, or um, uh, on um Instagram, but Tasia Valenza on LinkedIn is probably the easiest way to find me. And if you want to, to check out my website, Give Great Voice or my TEDx, just Remember, and I want to remind everybody that they can remember it by doing it themselves. How did I give great voice today? Who did I give great voice to today? And if that's yourself, uh, that's one of the most important people. And with that, you know, I don't think I mentioned that I have a free affirmation meditation app. So we go back to like that, that speaking the language of self-empowerment. It's a, it's a practice skill, that mindset. And so I just want to offer that up. Uh, it's called Haven Guided Affirmations. And it is the component that helps you to speak kindly and empower yourself so that you can then go out and give great voice to others. I love, 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 love everything that you were saying. And it's just been such a joy to chat with you finally. But Tasia, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's my honor and privilege. And again, you, you know, I have a smile ear to ear because of this. And I, I'm going to take those good vibrations and hopefully keep it going with my family before I <laughs> I get annoyed, get annoyed by one of my children. <laughs> pick up the socks. That's <laughs> right. Pick up the sweethearts. You know, sometimes I'll put the smile on like, you know what? Just do the real thing. Cause I can hear it through your smile that you're not. <laughs> okay, pick up your socks. <laughs> yeah. pick, it up. Just pick them up i love you gosh darn it Just pick them up but anyway thank you so much i appreciate you and a sense of humor a sense of humor <laughs> saves the day that is again when we can employ humor and oh, laugh we we create a, so much of a better situation so keep smiling keep laughing and keep giving great voice mm-hmm. 